Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 183. We thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into our interview, we just wanted to say a huge thank you for the outpouring of love and support that you guys showed to us last week. We announced our move to Orlando that will be happening next month. And the amount of people reaching out just to inquire about it or congratulate us and just talk to us during this time has been so overwhelming and we truly appreciate all that you guys do for us. So our interview today is with Matt and Alex. You can find them on YouTube by that same name. And they are very, very close to 1,000 subscribers on there as well. So it's a great time to jump over there, subscribe, check out some of their videos after this interview. And our chat was really insightful. I think it's always so refreshing to hear from someone who has harnessed that passion and the first spark of inspiration of starting a project, and it has carried throughout the test of time. It's completely unwavering. They're completely authentic and real in everything that they do, and it shows through. So I would just listen for those key notes of this interview and, of course, always connect with them after the show. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to Matt and Alex, and they're going to introduce themselves and tell us one random fact that we may not know about them from social media. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having us on. It's a, really an honor. We're big fans of the show. We listen all the time. Um, so to actually have the chance to talk to you guys is really cool. Um, I guess we'll go one at a time, right? Yeah. So my name is Alex. Um, I am one half of Matt and Alex on YouTube. And uh, a fun fact about me, I guess I'm a huge animal lover. So many people might not know that, but I have a cat at home named Bunny and I love him to death. He's like my child. So that's a little fun fact about me. Um, yeah. And I'm Matt, the other half of the channel. <laughs> and I would say my fun fact about me that probably isn't known is I live in New York City. I live right outside of New York City. It's a really cool place to live. Um, I, of course, I would rather live in Orlando and be Me closer too. to the magic for sure. Um, <laughs> but I do love living in New York City. There's uh, so much to do and it's just got a lot of life to it. And then I would say probably the other fact, I'll give one bonus fact here. That's kind of for the both of us. And we've talked about it from time to time on the channel, but if uh, maybe you're a newer subscriber or a newer viewer, you might not know. But Alex and I met on the Disney College program, yeah, and that's where we met, and that's where we fell in love, and um, our whole journey kind of started there. So for us, Disney Disney runs deep. So that had to be a topic that we discussed today because it is something that we've noticed that you've talked about quite a bit on the channel. And so correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were roommates of sorts that you're in the same building during the Disney College program. Were your roles similar at all or was it just the housing situation? So we actually moved into Chatham Square and one of my roommates actually went to elementary school elementary school yeah. with Matt and he actually moved into the apartment right across the hall from us small world we had no idea we were mo we were both moving in and we opened the door and we were like oh Matt's our neighbor so that's kind of how we met our roles were actually very different I was a Magic Kingdom vacation planner and Matt for the first half worked in the resorts as bellhop yeah. in the second half of his program he worked at dinosaur in Animal Kingdom but that's kind of how we met um 
through my roommate and just living right across the hall from each other. Yeah, it's it's crazy like to think that that's how it all came to be because you know I had a friend, a childhood friend that we both knew we were going to go down and do the program at the same time, so we were excited to have somebody to kind of lean on, you know, because when you go down, you really don't know anyone there. And uh, we met at check in at Vista Way, and then we were like, all right, you know, we're going to go move in. You guys move in. Me and my roommates are going to go move in. Um, we'll, we'll maybe we'll meet up for dinner or something as like an icebreaker with like our roommates. And then I went out to my car to finish moving in. And my friend, Aaron, who's my childhood friend, also stepped out at the same time. And we, it was, it was like something out of a movie. We opened our doors at the same time and we were like, oh my gosh, we live right here. (laughs) So, um, Alex was one of Aaron's roommates and you know, that's, we all just got really, really close over the course of like nine months. And and that's kind of where it all started. That is such a fun story. And I'm going to embarrass Catherine's sister. She's been with us for the past couple of weeks. And we we're watching some of your YouTube videos and she, you know, watched it and you didn't mention what your roles were at the time. And Elizabeth's like, I bet they were entertainment. I bet they're entertainment. So I, I guess you could take that as a compliment, but she was convinced that you guys were in character entertainment. Listen, that's a really good guess because for the characters, um, for the people that are in entertainment in, in any facet, it's pretty – it's kind of kept under wraps. So that I'll give her credit for that. It's a really good guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of started to lay the foundation, but we do want to hear more about both of your individual Disney stories. So where did it start and then how did it kind of evolve over time? Yeah, for me, um, like me personally, it started kind of the way it does for most kids. You know, I grew up on all of the classic Disney movies. At first, you know, we we didn't go to the parks until I was about nine years old. So for the first, you know, nine years of my life, it was watching the Disney sing-along tapes. It was watching all the old Disney movies, you know, the Renaissance era stuff, uh, type of stuff, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. You know, those are the movies that I grew up on. And, you know, very similar to other Disney creators and other Disney fans, the influence really came from my parents, uh, more specifically my mom. My mom is a huge Disney fan. Uh, my, both my parents are Disney fans. They actually went there on their honeymoon. Yeah, I they, about that. Yeah, they went to Disney World on their honeymoon. But they kind of laid the foundation. And like I said, same really with all kids. Grew up watching the movies. And then when it was time that we were finally going to Disney World, uh, my parents wanted to wait until we were at an age where we could remember it. And I'm actually really glad that it worked out that way because I remember that first trip that I went in 2000 so vividly for good reasons and for bad reasons, because we went during 4th of July weekend in 2000, the new millennium, there was a huge celebration in Epcot. And I'll never forget at the end of the day, one of the days that we went to Epcot trying to leave with just thousands and thousands of people at the same time. So that's something that definitely sticks, but there was a lot of great memories from that trip too. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it started with the movies first and then obviously my parents really loved going to the parks and whatnot. And when me and my sister were old enough, they took us there for the first time and I really haven't looked back since. Yeah. And mine is kind of similar too. I always grew up with the VHS tapes of all the classic Disney movies. I actually went to Disney Um, a lot earlier than Matt. I was young when I first went. I don't even really remember the first time, but my parents and my sister, we all went as a family. I went a few times with my aunt and uncle because they had a timeshare there. Um, But I really fell in love with the parks. I think that's like where my love really like draws in. I love the movies too, but I really fell in love with the parks, I would have to say. Yeah, it's a good evolution because like I said, like we started – 
like all kids as fans of the movies. And then when you're old enough to actually realize and what's going, what goes into building an attraction and building a new land in a park, you really get a whole new appreciation for it as I'm sure you guys probably, you know, you probably feel the same way. So it definitely evolves over time. And now, you know, we're on top of all the new changes that are coming to the parks. And it's just so amazing to see and to just even think about like, you know, people thought about this in their mind and now it's, you know, a physical thing. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we completely can attest to that, that we had probably similar childhood to that, but somewhere that you guys differentiated from us. And I think it's probably both of our, one of our biggest regrets is that we never did the college program. What did you, is that something that was always on your radars that you knew that you wanted to sign up for or kind of how did that take place where you went through that application process and and moved down there for a short while? I actually started researching the Disney college program when I was in high school. I knew about it in high school and then kind of like forgot about it for a few years when I was in college. But then in college, it like sparked, um, it sparked in my mind again. And then I just couldn't stop researching it and looking into it. And I was like, you know what? I definitely, I knew I wanted to do it, but my college specifically didn't accept their credits. So I knew I didn't want to graduate late. So what um, I did was I took a chance and waited until my senior year to apply. Um, And then if I got accepted, I was going to go down right after I graduated college. So we did, both of us actually did that, but we took a risk in doing that, especially um, because so many people apply for the program and only a handful really get chosen. So um, so I did, um, get accepted and I got my second, um, my second tiered role. I, I really wanted to do Bippity Boppity Boutique, um, cause <laughs> I love working with kids and I actually do makeup on the side. So I thought that was like the perfect role for me. Um, but vacation planning was my second choice and that's what I got. So I was really happy with, um, the acceptance of that. And I just decided, I was like, you know what? I'm graduating from college. This is the only chance I'm going to be able to do this. And I think um, I said to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So I was like, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of the same way. You know, I, I actually didn't find out about the college program until I got into college. And one of my um, my friends that I, that I met there my freshman year, he kind of told me about it. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really cool. Like they actually, they take interns essentially and you get to go live and work in Disney world. Like, you know, for somebody like me who grew up such a big fan of it, it, it was like a dream come true. And, you know, I, I didn't really have any aspirations of kind of going down there long-term as like a career. So I'm like, this is the perfect time to go down for like a short while, um, meet some new people, make new friends and just, you know, kind of use it as a resume builder. So I did the same thing that Alex did. I actually applied a couple of times, um, and chose not to go. And uh, I think it was maybe my second or third time that I applied. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go uh, Alex and I both went down after we finished school, so we didn't have to worry about taking classes or anything while we were down there. And yeah, it was great. It was it was easily the best nine months of my life. I think yeah, I think you I agree. say that all the time. It was definitely the best experience. And we met each other. So yeah. <laughs> we would have never met each other if we didn't go. <laughs> that does seem like the perfect setup. I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone going after they graduate like that, but we missed out. We got married instead. So we're lame. <laughs> but I also think I always say it, but if I could move down and have any job, it would be the Bippity Boppity Boutique. Cause I just think it would be fun. 
Yeah, I always thought that that would be a really perfect job for me, but I was very happy in vacation planning. So I think um, it ended up working out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so you obviously, like you talked about, you have the DCP to thank for you meeting, but fill in that gap for us of, you know, of course you go back home or, or you move back and what sparked starting this YouTube channel together? What conversations took place? You know, was it, always going to be both of you together? Or was somebody going to go off solo? We're always interested in kind of the inception of how this got rolling. Yeah. So we got home uh, from the college program in May of 2014. Um, and uh, we were dating at the time. Like we, we started dating really like right before we left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're both like from the same you know region. I'm from New York. Alex is from New Jersey. So we figured, hey, we can make this work. So we, we came back home and I would say from 2014 till like 2018, we had no thoughts about this at all. Like this was never something we even thought about. We never discussed it. We were always huge consumers of it. You know, we watch a ton of YouTube and I'm sure you guys do as well. We watch, you know, Tim Tracker and Michael Kay and, and all those guys. We've been watching them for years. And we always thought like, wow, that's, that's really cool that they get to like have this much fun and kind of bring you in on it, you know, and that's kind of what sparked the interest. And I I was kind of against it at first. I really didn't want to do it. And Alex, it was really Alex's idea to say like, let's start this channel. I think, you know, we could, you know, show people a good time. Yeah. And I actually, I came home and I pursued my teaching career, but I always was missing that piece of Disney in my life. So I actually am um, an independent uh, Disney vacation planner on the side. Um, And I, like Matt said, I've always watched you. I've been a big fan of YouTube since probably high school, watching like all different stuff, makeup videos, fitness videos, and then of course, Disney. And like Matt said, I've been watching some of those people for so long. And I said to Matt, like, you know, we used to work there. We're huge lovers of Disney. We still go at least twice a year. Like, why don't we start a channel and start giving like advice and tips to people who are planning vacations. And then when we go, we can kind of like vlog and look back on our own memories. So that's kind of how we first started to talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of started from, we, we didn't really have the intention of doing this to like do it the way we do now. Yeah. Like we always wanted to, you know, get a camera and, you know, we can film it vlog style as if people were watching, but we really wanted to have it just to like look back on our own like personal memories. Mm-hmm. And if, if anybody goes back to like the early videos on the channel, it, it wasn't Disney specific. Right. You know, we, we, when we decided that we were going to get the channel, we didn't really know what we were doing. It, it was very on a whim. We were in my backyard one day in the pool, just hanging out. And Alex was really pushing for it. She was like, I think we could do this. We were trying to come up with like a cute Disney type of name for the channel. And that night we went to Best Buy and bought our camera. So, and you know, we filmed our first video maybe a week later. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a really quick thing. There wasn't a whole lot of like thought that went behind it. It was just like, Hey, let's just jump in, you know, show the world what we do on a day in and day out basis or a a trip out and trip out basis and kind of go from there and see where, where it goes. I always find those stories so fascinating because so many YouTube is something that like we have the utmost respect for anybody who can pour themselves into that because I would like to say we're cut out for it, but we're, we're not, (laughs) we're really not because there is so much more preparation that goes in where you're doing the audio and the video aspect of it. But I'm just so curious if someone like Tim Tracker realized that 
so many channels have been created sparked from he and Jen doing their thing. And like, you know, for, for me, it's Lou Mangiello at WDW Uh radio, you know, just spark this, like I can do this. And the webs that have been spun off of that are just insane. I think. Yeah. I, like you said, all those people are inspirations to us and a couple of them we've had the chance to meet uh, over the the course of the past year and gotten friendly with a couple of them. But yeah, I mean, we actually had a chance to, to meet Tim in Disneyland. We, we were standing next to him in line for Haunted Mansion and we kind of, we told him, we we're like, I'm sure you get this all the time, but if it wasn't for you, we, we wouldn't have never picked up a camera and like just really explored that like creative side that we both, I think, always had yeah. and just never really had like an outlet in that, you know, typical like nine to five world to to express. But you're right. Like so many of these people, you know, put out content on a, a daily basis or a weekly basis or whatever it is. And, you know, the impact that it has on other people, aside from the people that watch and get enjoyment out of it, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure is just is really uh, widespread. Catherine, would you like to share your story of when we met Tim Tracker? <laughs> well, we've seen him twice in Disney World. The first time we were too shy to say anything to him. And then the second time he walked by and we were stuffing our faces at Andy's lunchbox, mostly me. <laughs> so Brendan strikes up a conversation and I'm just sitting there with my mouth full and I was very embarrassed and he uh, walked tachos. away. Yeah, it was tachos. It was a whole thing. But we... I guess talk to him <laughs> for a second. Your conversation sounds much more meaningful, so we're jealous. <laughs> hey, honestly, I don't know if it would have happened if we literally weren't standing right next to him. Like if we were just next to him and I happened to pick my head up from my phone and I told Alice, I was like, oh my God, that's Tim literally well, right next to us. I thought he was kidding. I was like, Matt, no, it's not. That's not him. And he was like, yes, it is. looking <laughs> like, at first. Yeah. And it was cool because we had the new, um, we used the Canon G7X Mark II as like our primary camera and he was using that for a long time and the g7x mark three came out like Mm -hmm. right around the time that we met him so you know in the line he was like kind of giving me a tutorial on the camera just a really really great guy most people in the disney community are are really really nice friendly yeah for sure and i think it is a conversation worth having or a point worth making for anybody listening because i was in this boat where you kind of idolize or put these creators on a pedestal that you are constantly consuming their content and it is amazing how approachable and how quickly you can get into those circles and meet someone who can introduce you to someone else it is a lot of people that we have interviewed it doesn't matter how big or how small or, you know, whatever it might be. I'm just baffled that they would say yes to come on to an interview with our little podcast. So <laughs> I think that is such a good lesson in that, you know, so many people are willing to help and they want to have those conversations. And yeah, Tim Trocker's probably had that conversation, you know, a hundred times before, but he wants to have that 101st conversation as well. And reaching out to those people never hurts. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are, they are just regular people, oh, you know, yeah. as are just we. Just like us. And, you know, if, if you didn't have those people that were watching your videos and, and tuning in every time, I mean, you, you wouldn't really have an audience. So it's, I think you're, you kind of owe it to whoever's watching your videos to create that like sense of community. For sure. So you mentioned it a little bit talking about, and we, I told you before we got on air, we went deep into the archives of Matt and Alex vlogs, very deep. And one of your first videos that you put out, you mentioned the same thing that you echoed 
in our conversation that really the primary reason behind starting this was to just show how you do Disney and have an outlet to discuss things like Disney and travel related. But it was also just to document your trips and document your conversations in a video format. So how do you, in your words, how would you say the evolution of the channel has taken place? Um, you know, I, I can speak, it's a lot more Disney than the very beginning, but you know, there's Disney cruise line mixed in, there's videos from home, there's park videos, there's all kinds of stuff. So how would you describe how it's evolved? So like you said, I think we kind of first started just like picking up the camera and recording like if we ever went on trips and it didn't necessarily have to be Disney. Like I think one of the first vlogs we put out, we went to Philadelphia for a weekend. Yeah, that was our very first video that we made. Yeah. Yeah, And Matt also runs a lot of Spartan races. So we travel a lot for that too. So we kind of started documenting some of your races and the different places we went like Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. Florida. Um, So it kind of just started as like, all right, let's bring the camera along and just show like what we do on these little trips just to like look back for our own sake on like, Oh, remember when we went to Jacksonville, you know, we can look back on the video, mm-hmm. but then over time it kind of just turned into mostly Disney because that's really what we have a love for. And like I said before, we still go to Disney about twice a year, yeah, more um, than that, more usually, than that. Yeah. yeah. And this year, this past year we went on our first Disney cruise and we documented that and those videos did really well for us too. And those are some of our favorite videos to look back on. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned like the cruise videos too, because I think like for me personally, like I did a lot of research into like the, the, I'll call it the quote unquote business side of YouTube, you know, how to grow your channel and, you know, do YouTube the right way so that your videos get, you know, suggested and you get Mm -hmm. to stand out amongst a lot of people because not only is the Disney community very saturated, and I think that's a great thing because, you know, the more people that love Disney and the more people that are putting, that's putting out Disney content, in my opinion, the better, because we're big consumers of it. So we never want to see a shortage of that. So we always encourage um, people to start up whatever they want to start up. But uh, I think in really like looking into like what goes into YouTube and how could you like try to succeed on the platform after we came back from the, the Disney cruise, that's when I was like, you know what? I think we need to make this a strictly Disney channel. And that's not, something that's like out of the ordinary. That's very easy for us to do because we're Disney people. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been like a big change, but I was like, you know, I think if you're going to have Disney videos mixed in with some random weekend trips, like, you know, it's, it's, we're not at the level where people are going to necessarily like uh, want to watch those or mm-hmm. frankly care about what we do outside of Disney. And, and I think once we made that change, um, it, it's worked out really well for us. So yeah. I think just kind of realizing like what the audience wants more of and then finding ways to, you know, give them, give them what more of that. Want, yeah. And which is what more of what we want to do anyway, too. Cause right. like we can talk said, about Disney all day. <laughs> yeah. We could, it's very easy for us to talk about Disney. So it's, um, it's, I think making that pivot was a, a big part of, you know, helping us grow. I think that's really cool that you can kind of pinpoint it right to that specific trip. And I can say we've watched those Disney cruise line videos during our time at home. And it has definitely (laughs) convinced us that we need to book a trip. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely should. Once this all settles down and, and the world's in a little bit of a better place, uh, I, we can't recommend it highly enough. Like, yeah, we fell in love with it. Yeah. I would say depending on the day that you asked me the question, I might tell you to book a Disney cruise over a trip to the parks. That's how much fun we had. 
It's a bold statement. <laughs> yeah, I know that that might start a few arguments, uh, but you know, it was it was we were surprised at just how great of a of a trip it was. So definitely do it once everything gets a little better. So you did mention that now that you're kind of settled in on Disney, you do the in-park videos and you've also done some at-home videos where you share your different thoughts or different updates on what's going on in the parks. How do you decide what kind of content to produce and which do you prefer? So it's actually pretty easy on how we decide um, because we're not locals. So unfortunately, we don't live near Disneyland or Disney World. So we, you know, we can't be in as often as some of, you know, the other Disney creators that are making, you know, exclusive park vlogs or live streams or anything like that. Um, That's definitely an aspiration of ours is to make the move down to Florida one day uh, when the time is right. But uh, I think the fact that we are like geographically away from Disney and the domestic parks, I think that's kind of forces our hand to do more stuff at home and uh, in a way kind of get a little bit more creative with like the videos that that we make. Um, Like you mentioned, we do a lot of kind of tips and tricks types of videos and our thoughts on certain things. And uh, like I said, the fact that we're away where we can't just hop into the park whenever we want, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of have to do the videos at home. Be creative and think of different ideas Disney related that we could sit down and talk about or show you at home. Um, Like we've done some Disney cooking videos over this quarantine. Um, So yeah, it kind of forces us to really think about, you know, what are we going to do next weekend? What are we going to film that's Disney related? So yeah, when when you don't have another trip on the, on the schedule, it's, you know, you definitely have to get the wheels turning a little bit in terms of, all right, what are we going to do to kind of fill that gap? But in terms of like what videos like we prefer, I don't know about you, but I'll, I'd take the, any video that we make in a park over yeah, a video we make too. at home any day. Yeah, because it really just shows like we how much we love being there. Like you could just see it on our faces and like through our interactions that we love being in the parks or even on the cruises. And we like trying new things too. I mean, we worked there and we go down all the time, but every time we go, I feel like we experience something new, whether yeah. it's a new resort that we haven't stayed at or a new restaurant that we haven't eaten at. Um, so that's kind of, I, I would prefer that, I would, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense is kind of what you're forced to do. And but I think that does open up a lot of things like the Disney Cruise Line and doing Disney tags and things like that, that you can create. So, you know, being far away from the parks has not been an issue for us. It's not been an issue for you guys. And I think that's a lot. That's a stopgap that a lot of people will imaginarily put on themselves to say, Oh, I can't do this because I don't live in Orlando or I don't live in Anaheim. And there's so many different ways to create relative or relevant Disney content without being right there. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, like Alex mentioned before, you know, now we're uh, throughout the course of the the quarantine and everything. We don't we don't know what we're going to be going back again. So, yeah, you definitely have to get creative with it. But luckily, there's been like a, a ton of news lately and a lot of different things that are happening. And I'm, I'm sure more things that are be coming uh, over the course of the next, you know, hopefully a few weeks um, if we see start of the, you know, the park space to reopen again. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's you know, you can't if you're going to do this, you can't use like where you live as an excuse because right. you, you have to kind of find a way to make it work. And, you know, it's like Alex said, we worked in the parks, we've gone a million times. So, you know, why not just share like some 
tips for somebody that maybe has never gone the first time or something like that, mm-hmm. that maybe is doing some research for their next trip when it opens up. So there's always a, a, something to talk about and there's always a way that you can help somebody, whether it's, you know, baking something that's fun for a family to do or just sharing like, you know, which hotels our, we recommend you stay at or, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, restaurants. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about the mental aspect of this because I think it's something that each creator has to kind of figure out what works for them and what makes sense for them. And it's been something that we have struggled with of keeping a level head and staying positive when things don't exactly go your way and you don't hit the numbers that you wanted to as much as you'd like. So do you have any tips or lessons that you guys have learned to you know, stay positive and keep grinding at it and know that it is a slow process to get to where you want to go. I think you hit the nail right on the head with those last three phrases there is, is you have to just keep at it. Um, whether you, cause there'll be a time where if you're, I'm just using YouTube as an example, cause that's what we do, but like you might come up with an idea for a video and you might film it and you might think, wow, this is, this is going to, be so great and people are going to love this and you might get, you know, barely any views. You can't let that deter you from, you know, continuing to go out and and make good content. You have to make content that you are proud of and that you're happy with, but at the same time, you can't get hung up in the numbers. And that's definitely like something that, that we try to stay away from as much as we can. You know, if you're a creator, you can easily sit there and, and try and watch your subscriber count grow or your view count grow. But at the end of the day, that's you know, that stuff will come if you're putting out enjoyable content mm-hmm. and if you're relatable and if you're just yourself, that's the biggest thing. You know, like we're, we're always ourselves in our, in our videos. And sometimes some videos do better than others. It, it happens to everybody. But at the end of the day, we know, you know, we're just, we're doing this for fun. Um, luckily we're not in it for the money right now. And, and even if we were making money off doing this, we would never be in it for the money. Just, you have to have the right mindset in terms of why you're making these videos. If, if you're doing it to just maybe grow your channel or, um, strictly do it just to hit a thousand subscribers so you can get, you know, ads turned on, you're kind of in it for the wrong reason. You have to be genuine and you have to just make content that, you know, is going to just bring happiness to people. Now, whether that's 10,000 people or whether that's 50 people to to me, and I think to Alex, it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, because, you know, we've had people that comment on every single video that we put out Mm -hmm. and it just makes me really happy just to know that if one person out there gets enjoyment out of this and puts a smile on somebody's face, that to me, that's, it's all worth it in the end. Yeah. And that is when, because you just said that, that reminds me of when we were at D23, the expo last year, we like really didn't have that many subscribers then. And we were filming and vlogging there and a random couple walked by and was like, Hey, we watch you guys on YouTube. And we were like, wait, us? Like we were literally (laughs) shocked that they were talking about us because we were like, we're not even that big. But just knowing that like those people recognized us and knew our videos made us so happy and excited. And like Matt said, like we discussed that and talked about that from the very beginning. Like we're not doing this for the money. We're just doing this for fun. We're doing it for our own memories. And if we can help a few people out, then great. And um, we kind of just agreed on that from the very beginning. So, yeah. And if, if you, in my own opinion, if you are 
the opposite of that. I think it's very easy to see through with, mm-hmm. with certain people um, on all in all types of videos, whatever right. kind of YouTube video it is. But you just like I said, you just have to keep like a level head and just like you mentioned before, just keep grinding. For for me, like w- when I finish editing a video and I put it out and we we promote it and we do whatever we have to do, I kind of set it and forget it, and then we move on to the next one. Yep. Um, and and that's really I think just what you need to do, it, no matter what type of content you're creating. Like, you know, you might make you might have a podcast and maybe one episode's not that great. That's okay. You just move on to the next one. Yep. And you just kind of like you said, keep grinding through. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think that's a good outlook to have too, that, you know, it might just resonate with one person, but it's kind of like we said earlier, you never know what that one person's going to do with it. You know, they might take that inspiration and turn it into their own channel or decide to pursue vlogging or something like that. And I always think that's really fun. Well, and I also think that that one person, that's your proof of concept right there, that if one person likes your video, there's a very good chance that there will be other people who like your video and you've just right. got to give it enough time to grow and find those people and give it a chance. Because I think so often people will give up when you have just found you know, a handful of your full potential of everybody who would enjoy your content. And it just takes a lot of time and a lot of grinding and a lot of content to get to that point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and I'm sure you guys could attest to this too. You guys, you know, are creators as well. It just, it's like you said, it just takes time. Um, there's no, there's no trick to it. There's no, you know, magic formula that you can follow. Just like I said, you have to just keep putting out content that you're proud of and that you're happy with. And you know, you know, maybe somebody out there will pick up on it. And, you know, like you guys said, and like we said before, if one person watches the video to me, and gets enjoyment out of it and send us a message and says like, you know, you guys made my day like that. That is so rewarding. Yes. And I'll, I'll make videos until the end of time. If, if people are going to, you know, get that much enjoyment out of just peeking into our lives a little bit. Yeah. Well, last thing I'll say in this segment is it is so refreshing because so much of your conversation today echoes those very, very beginning episodes that you guys put on the channel. And I think that is so important to point out that you guys have not lost sight of what the goal is here or why you guys are doing this. And I don't think every creator can attest to that, that things change, but you guys have been strong and steady you're doing it for the right reasons, and that absolutely shines through. So this has been such a fun chat on the first segment of the episode. We'll take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back to play the Fast Pass round. Today's episode is brought to you by Karma and Kismet. Our friend Kelly is an amazing artist, and one thing that we haven't highlighted before is her awesome apparel that she has. So some of our favorite designs, including the heroines of Star Wars, a Batu shirt, and also a Let's Get Cozy sweatshirt, which Catherine can definitely appreciate in times like now. So if you are interested in shopping with Karma and Kismet, you can head to Etsy and search Karma, the letter N, Kismet, or go to KarmaandKismetDesigns.com. Of course, the link will also be down in our show notes. And if you decide that you want something, use the code DETOUR10 and you will get 10% off of your order. Okay, so we're back. Are you guys ready? Yep, we're ready. ready. Okay, so this first one's an easy one. It's just name the Disney parks that you visited. So we have visited all four um, Disney parks in Orlando, Florida. We've also been to both of the water parks there. 
Um, and we have also been to Disneyland and California Adventure out in California. Yeah, just the domestic parks for now. Of all of those six parks, well, I guess eight parks with the water parks, which one is your favorite and why? The answer to that question changes quite often. Um, but I will say as of today, my favorite park is Epcot. Um, I always say Magic Kingdom just because I have so many memories there. And that's just the classic Disney park. Yeah, for me, I, I can't go to Disney World on a trip without walking around World Showcase and eating around the world during a food <laughs> festival. Like To me, that's that's the highlight of my trip. So today it'll be Epcot, but tomorrow it might be something else. <laughs> well, since you said Epcot, what is your favorite festival and or food? Mm-hmm. My favorite festival, you know, it used to be food and wine. But, I would say mine is food and wine. But now, like, I've become a big fan of Flower and Garden. Like, I love the Flower and Garden Festival. I think just the combination of, like, the beauty of the topiaries and all the different, like, vibrant plant life and colors paired with food because I love food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, that's, like, the perfect combination. So I think right now I would say uh, Flower and Garden. That's good choices. Next one would be your Disney bucket list trip. Okay. So we both have the same top two on our list. Um, I'll say that I definitely want to go to Alani because I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And I feel like just Hawaii paired with Disney is like the perfect meshing of two worlds. So I really want to go there. And then our other one is Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, just Tokyo Disneyland in general. Yeah, yeah. we we want to go there so badly. We've been talking about it a lot lately. So hopefully we get there one day. Yeah, Tokyo Disney. I Although I do want to go to Alani for sure one day. Um, Tokyo Disney is easily my number one right mm-hmm. now. We've watched so many blogs from that and it's just, it, it just looks so cool. Yeah. Like, and, and it's something new, you know, like we never, ever get tired of going to the parks, but anytime you have something new, that's Disney and you can experience that, like sign me up for that. Oh, I completely agree with that. Anytime there is even just the smallest new thing at Disney world, I get probably way too excited just because it is exciting to do something new. So imagine that on a scale of an entire new park. I know. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so much to explore. <laughs> well, especially like Disney Sea, where it's all brand new. Like it's nothing like anywhere that we've ever been. Yeah. Right. So the next one would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Okay. Um, mine, I think I'm going to give it to Animal Kingdom Lodge. There's just something about Animal Kingdom Lodge that just gives me such a homey feel whenever I walk in. Um, just the, the lobby is just so grand with those big ceilings and it's just, it's warm, it's cozy. It's got like the woods and everything. And then anytime you can see giraffes outside of your window, when you wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. is, that's a good start to your day. So I would say, uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge for me. Um, I love Animal Kingdom Lodge as well. I would say my favorite is the Polynesian. I just love the theming of it. I love that it's so close to Magic Kingdom. It's right on the monorail. And I also love some of the um, food options at the Polynesian. Ohana's there. That's one of my favorites. Um, Kona Cafe has great food too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say Polynesian for me. Yeah, we share the same one and two, but we, yeah. we just have them flip-flopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think those are our one and two as well. Oh, yeah. They're hard to beat. Very, yeah. yeah. So next one would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? 
So I had to think about this question. Um, I would say for me, it would probably be Tower of Terror. I love, um, I just love that ride. It has a lot of memories for me. Actually, when I was little, when they first opened that ride, I remember being little and I went with my aunt and uncle and I was so terrified of it. And the whole trip, I was like, I'm not going on that ride. They actually tricked me. I didn't know that we were standing in line for that ride. I thought it was something else. I went on it and I loved it. <laughs> and ever since that day, it's like probably one of my favorite rides. So I would say Tower of Terror. What about you? Um, it's, it's a really good question because there, like, to me, there's like a fine, a fine line between like what ride would I want a fast pass because it's hard to get a fast pass for, mm-hmm. or like what ride can I just sit on all day long? So at the time of like recording this, you can't fast pass Rise of the Resistance. But mm-hmm. if you could, I would definitely say Rise of the Resistance. But since you can't do that, uh, I would say the ride that I would want to ride over and over again is Haunted Mansion. I'm yeah. a big Haunted Mansion fan. Uh, although you don't always need a fast pass for it, I would take a lifetime fast pass and just sit in a doom buggy over and over again. Yeah. So Haunted Mansion for me. Haunted Mansion is one that never gets old. I mean, the music is great. You can, there's enough stuff to look at that you can look at new things every time you write it. So that is a good choice. I don't know if we've had too many people say Haunted Mansion though. No, I don't think we have. When you went to Disneyland, did you get to do the Haunted Mansion holiday? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We've done that in the past. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just going to say, and if I think if I had to narrow it down to one of the two Haunted Mansions, it would be Disneyland's version because of the Hatbox Ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Hatbox Ghost and then Haunted Mansion Holiday is. Yeah, everything you could there. ever want. Yeah. Yeah. The first time we went to Disneyland was in um, November of 2016, I think. And it was during, and it was set up for Haunted Mansion Holiday. And I was like a little bit bummed about it because, you know, we, we're, we know about Disneyland as we knew about it at the time and, but we didn't know about it the way we did now. So I didn't know that Haunted Mansion Holiday was just like really cool overlay. Yeah. And I was just bummed that the regular Haunted Mansion wasn't up and running. And I was like, oh, I really want to see like the differences and all that. Um, but after we went on that, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Well, A Nightmare Before Christmas is like one of my favorite movies. So yeah. <laughs> I like loved that. Side note, have you watched the prop culture show on Disney plus yet? We haven't no, yet. Not yet. I saw somebody oh. put on their Instagram story today. I can't remember who it was, but somebody put up that they were watching it and that it was really good. And I was like, we have to check it out. I think there's a, there's already like a few episodes out, right? Uh, I think there are six or seven, but Nightmare Before Christmas is episode number two. Ooh. We have to watch it. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, we might be doing that tonight after, uh, <laughs> <laughs> after we finish here. Yeah, it was – they had like – one of the original Jack molds and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. All kinds of amazing stuff. Wow. That's amazing. So the next one would be which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment? Um, I think we could both agree on this and say maybe figment. Yeah, for um, sure. We love figment and we always go on it when we can, but I just feel like, it can it can use a little bit of an update. Yeah, Figment is like, like I, Alex said, we love Figment, and I don't want Figment to ever ever no. leave Epcot. I want him always to be like a yeah. staple of that park. But it, that ride definitely needs an overlay. I wish they would. I wish in a perfect world that they would go back to the original with like Dreamfinder. Yeah, but I, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. But I would say Figment, and then also within Epcot, I would say now I don't think this ride necessarily needs to change but a ride that would make sense to update would be grand fiesta tour mm-hmm. and that's actually my favorite ride in epcot so i'm not hating on the grand fiesta tour yeah. by any means 
But I think like if the day comes that they do a cocoa overlay, which has been the rumor for a while now, um, that would make a lot of sense to me. So if they yeah. if they did change it, I, w- I would understand. I didn't realize until we were having this discussion. This will spark a lot of controversy, probably. <laughs> but Epcot has so many candidates to get an update for yeah. mission space. You could argue. I think Test Track needs an update. Yes. Spaceship Earth is getting one. So I guess that they're already ahead of us there. Nemo leaves a little to be desired. So I don't know. I, I love Epcot, but nobody's going there for rides, I guess no. is my point. No, definitely right. not. And you're, I think you're right on the money with Test Track too. I, I say that all the time mm-hmm. and it is controversial, but I'm just not a big fan of the newer, uh, I'll call it newer, even though it's been around for a while, but the, uh, the remade version of Test Track. Yeah. Well, Radiator Springs Racers just ruined it for us. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot enjoy it anymore. Right. <laughs> You're hundred percent right there. So next one is what land or area brings you the most inspiration? So we both agree on this one too. I think um, definitely just being on Main Street in Magic Kingdom, um, walking down Main Street, seeing the castle, being near like the partner statue. I think that is just like the typical Disney, um, you know, feel. And then also like that's kind of like our first when we first get there. That's one of the first things we do is walk down Main Street, see the castle, and it just like hits you in all the feels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say probably like the Main Street area. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, Main Street, like for me, that's where I feel the most Disney, and yeah. that's where I feel like you know if I'm watching like the stage show in front of Cinderella's castle and they talk about you know following your dreams and mm-hmm. believing in yourself and all that, that's where I feel it the most for sure. So there's definitely something special about about Main Street, no doubt about it. Um, but I would say as a, a second option, as far as like just pure imagineering and creativity and oh my gosh, how did they do this? Uh, I think you have to mention Galaxy's Edge. And it's, every time I go in there, I just can't believe that they that they pulled it off and it looks the way it does. It's, it's really something special. I, I've said it before, but I think that's been the only time that my brother almost cried in a Disney park. So. <laughs> yeah. we, the first time that we saw Galaxy's Edge was this past summer uh, when we went to D23 for that weekend. So we saw it in Disneyland first. And I cried the first yeah. time we walked in. I had tears in my eyes. I was choked up. Um, I had to put the camera down for a couple of seconds, but it was <laughs> it was just unreal. Like the fact that you know people sat and planned something like that out, and now you can physically go there. Like it, it just blows my mind every time we go. It never gets old. The reveal walking like from the Toy Story Land area. I guess in the Walt Disney World version mm-hmm. and walking down that pathway and going past Oga's to see the, re- the reveal of Millennium Falcon. Uh, I feel like always you can spot someone that it's their first time seeing it and their jaw is just completely on the floor. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's not too many places besides the castle that can do that in the parks. I don't think. No, I'm with you there. I think the only other place that I could kind of think of off the top of my head that you walked in and like you had your breath taken away was Pandora. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember the first time we went to Pandora and Animal Kingdom. I was like, now that was like, how did they do this with like the floating mountains and everything? And when they went into it on the uh, Imagineering story on Disney Plus, that was one of my favorite episodes. But yeah, yeah, those those two lands for sure. Like, how could you not just just tip your hat to Imagineering on that? So these next couple questions are our favorite because it's all about food. So the first one is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? 
So I'd say for me, it's Dole Whip. I love Dole Whip. I have to get one every time that we go. Um, but other than Dole Whip, I would say for me, maybe churros. Yeah, I you, love the churros. You, you always get the churros. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's a Dole Whip too. And then, but I would say, I guess I'll like ask you guys this now. Like, would you qualify a Ronto wrap as a snack or is that considered like a quick service option? Because if that's a snack, that's something that I cannot go without if I go to Hollywood Studios. I think it's probably a snack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else, depending on when you want it. <laughs> yeah. I could make anything a snack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm right with you there. Yeah. But uh, I would say a Dole Whip for like a traditional type of snack. And then as far as like something that I, I have to have when I go somewhere, it's definitely a Ronto wrap. I, I love those. Those are so good. So is it a breakfast Ronto wrap or a lunch Ronto wrap? My favorite is the like the regular one. I guess the, I will call it the lunch one. But I will say the breakfast Ronto wrap in Disneyland That's is good. really good because they they use um, like fresh fluffy eggs that mm-hmm. they put on theirs in Disney World. They kind of use that like flat like pancake looking type of egg. Yeah. Um, so the the breakfast version in Disneyland is way better as, among a lot of other food options. But uh, yeah. yeah, I like the, just the regular normal one the best. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that was our issue. We've never had a normal menu one. We've only had breakfast, and it was the eggs. They were just it was off. a little weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should definitely try the regular like lunch one though. It's so good. Yeah. Or if you're ever in Disneyland, like try their breakfast one because you feel like you're eating like real eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, Alex. I also have to ask churros in Walt Disney World, not as popular as Disneyland. Where are the go-to spots to get a really good one that can compare to Disneyland? Oh, I don't know. I know I agree with you. The Disneyland ones are better. Um, I feel like I've... I feel like you've only gotten them from the same spot. I feel like you in get Frontierland? them in Frontierland. Yeah, yeah, at that cart. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like I haven't really like got them at a ton of different places where I could kind of compare but I do agree with you. Disneyland's are definitely better. Yeah, that Frontierland card is the only one I can think of. <laughs> yeah. <as well. laughs> For some reason, I always get one there. Uh, same with Turkey Legs. I only think of Frontierland. Right. I'm yeah. sure there's yeah. plenty of other places that sell them, but I just, I only associate it with Frontierland. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so next one sticking with food would be your favorite table service and quick service restaurants. Um. For me, table service, that's that's a really tough question. There's so many good options. Mm-hmm. I, I would say hmm, that's tough. I think it depends where I am, right? Right. So like I know if we want pizza or Italian food, our favorite is Via Napoli and yeah. Epcot. We love the pizza there. Um, but as for like – Just a know. regular meal. I would say if, if I'm in Epcot, it's definitely Via Napoli. If I'm not in Epcot and I'm anywhere else, I, I would probably say Ohana. We're big Ohana fans. Yeah. And we actually ate for the first time um, at California Grill when we got engaged. And the food is amazing there. Although we have to go back when we're not getting engaged. I I was so like worked up after he proposed to me that I like couldn't even enjoy my meal that night. But the food is delicious there. We have to go again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is on our bucket list as well. What about quick service? 
Um, I like Satuli Canteen in Animal Kingdom. That's probably one of my favorite quick service locations. Yeah, me too. Satuli, you can't go wrong with Satuli. I think uh, in my, in our opinion, I would say like that's the best yeah. quick service spot on property. If, if someone asked me where to go, that's where I would definitely send them. Oh, also in Animal Kingdom, Yak and Yeti too has some good quick service, like the quick service. Yeah, window. Yak and Yeti's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Satuli. And then I guess, you know, if you consider... Ronto Roasters yeah. that, as a quick server spot, which it kind of is. I would say that too. So Ronto Roasters is a dual threat is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you need, Ronto Roasters can can take care of you. <laughs> so next one would be your favorite Disney movie. For me, um, my two like classic favorites are Peter Pan and The Lion King. Um, anybody who knows me knows that Tinkerbell is my favorite Disney character. So I love Peter Pan, love the Lion King. Um, what about you? Mine is Hercules. Yeah. And it's gotten really popular lately to think that Hercules is your favorite Disney movie, but it hasn't gotten love for a a long time, but I'm, I'm an original Hercules fan (laughs) before it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) So since it's relevant right now. Who is your ideal cast for some of these lead roles for the Hercules live action that they're making? Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, I think for Hercules, a lot of people have said like they want to see Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. I think that makes a lot of sense just as far as like his build. You know, he's obviously in in great shape. Like we've seen it in Thor. Uh, People wanted Chris Pratt too. I don't know if I necessarily see Chris Pratt as, as Hercules, but... I think Alexander Skarsgård would be a really good one yeah. if, if he's not considered too old. Um, I think he would look the part really well. And then for like Hades, there's so many different ways you can go. Like I could see like Willem Dafoe playing Hades. I can see Jim Carrey playing Hades. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different options there. But the one thing I will say is I really hope that they make Danny DeVito play Phil. Yes. Because it's yeah. <laughs> It just fits so perfectly because yeah. like Danny DeVito's older now and Phil was older. Mm-hmm. Danny DeVito's small in real life. Yeah. So like it just it, that would make sense. But do, do, you kind of like we're talking about this after the Disney sing along and you're like, oh, Ariana Grande was good. But do you think she should be in the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Like she obviously has an amazing voice and I feel like she she kind of has like that spunky attitude like Meg does. So like I don't think she would be a bad choice, but I feel like there might be some other people that would be good as well. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that there was act- someone actually started a petition on change.org to make Ariana Grande. Make. <laughs> I don't think that's how casting works, but I, I guess there's a big enough push behind it. We also saw one earlier that said Jeff Goldblum is Hades, which I don't think I would like. Oh, I really? Right. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause when I was thinking, uh, when I was telling you like my Hades options, I was like, there was someone that I'm forgetting that we talked about. And it, and it was Jeff Goldblum. I think, I don't know. I'm so, I, I think he'd be pretty good. Like, I feel like he fits the mold, but well, uh, who knows? This is a deep tangent now, but have you watched <laughs> the world according to Jeff Goldblum on Disney plus? I haven't. No, seen I haven't seen it. Okay. I, I hate to say this, that show almost ruined Jeff Goldblum for me. Oh no! I know lots of people liked it, but like he's almost a meme of himself now. Like he plays into being like the quirky, silly guy so much. Yeah. That it it I don't know something turned me off on it. But I I don't know. Before that, I probably just said heck yeah, Jeff Goldblum as Hades. I also saw Kurt Russell as Zeus. That'd be interesting. Ooh, that could work. I could definitely see that. Yeah, Kurt Russell was the um, the 
um, Star Wars' father in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Ooh, that would be fun to have Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt reprise oh. his father and son. <laughs> that would be funny. A family reunion. Yeah. All right. I guess enough about Hercules. We can move <laughs> on to the next one. All right. So the next one is your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt or any of the movies. So my favorite Walt quote, um, and th- I think you could just apply this to like in any facet of life, um, is why worry if you've done the very best you can, worrying won't make it any better. And that's that's my view on a lot of different things. You know, we talked before about projects or different videos that you make and you kind of set it and forget it and don't worry about it. That's kind of how I like live my life. You know, I try to, you know, be as, you know, worry less, if that's a word, um, as I could be. Of course, when you need to be, you have to. But um, just kind of stressing over the small things, I, I think that's, something that everybody should try to get away from. And that's my favorite Walt quote. My favorite, I would say now that star Wars Phil is under the Disney umbrella, my favorite quote of all time, not even Disney related is do or do not. There is no try Mm -hmm. from Yoda. I love that one. Yeah. Um, my favorite Walt quote is the, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. And like Matt said, I feel like you can kind of correlate that with anything in life. As long as you have the courage and the strive to do something, you just have to take that first step and believe in yourself and you could do anything. Got some good Walt, got some good Yoda. I mean, what else could you possibly need out of some quirks? <laughs> Last one of the Fast Pass round is what is your favorite Disney Parks memory? So as of right now, I would have to say getting engaged. Um, So we went down for our five-year anniversary and we went to eat at California Grill and we were watching the Happily Ever After fireworks and I had no idea it was coming. He completely surprised me and he proposed while we were watching the fireworks and that was probably like the best memory we probably could have made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be hard to top for sure. Yeah. Like that's, and, and that's such a recent memory too, yeah. but obviously that's one of like the most important days of your life. So I, I would say for sure getting engaged. There's a lot of other ones that aren't as lovey-dovey, but as far as the number one, I think that, <laughs> well, I think that takes the cake. Our entire college program, like I will never forget all of those memories working there and just like meeting all of our friends who are, we're so close to all of our friends and roommates still to this day. So I think just all the memories we made with them during our college program will always stick with us as well. Yeah, I agree. And then like, of course, you can go back to like when you were a kid, like something that stands out for me um, was, you know, I got to be a participant in like the Tapestry of Nations parade in Epcot. Like (laughs) one of the guys on the stilts pulled me into the parade for just a couple of minutes to like dance around and whatnot. But that was like something that happened to me as a kid that I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that first trip. I'll never forget the first time I walked down Main Street and all that. But yeah, like we said, the number one right now is getting getting engaged. engaged. (laughs) Everybody loves a good Disney engagement. That's a good story. You set the bar very high. (laughs) I know. So if there's anybody else out there that's listening, you know, hopefully I didn't put you in between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) Cool. Good deal. That concludes our Fast Pass round. We thank you guys so much for letting our listeners know more about your Disney fandom. Our very last question that we have to ask you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump in to this Disney community. 
I think the number one thing is just jump right in. Just do it. You know, there's no reason to kind of sit on it and ponder it. Whether you're looking to start a YouTube channel, whether you're starting opening an Etsy shop, whether you're starting a podcast, writing a blog, whatever it is that you're doing, just do it, you know, and, and don't spend too much time banging your head against the wall with researching things beforehand, because the best learning experiences that you're going to have are going to be along the way. Um, so don't, don't let the fear of starting it, keep you from starting it, just jump right in. And also too, like, don't look at the Disney community and say, well, there's already so many people doing this. Why do I need to do it? There's, you know, there's already a million YouTubers and people that write blogs and whatnot. But like we said before, you just never know who's going to like latch onto you and enjoy what you're doing. So just dive right in and you'll make mistakes, but you learn along the way. And it's all, it's all part of the experience. Yeah. And another piece of advice I would give is just always be yourself. You know, don't try and be someone you're not because people can pick up on that. So I think just find something that you absolutely love, whether it's Disney or not. It could be anything, makeup, fitness, whatever it is. Find something that you truly love because that'll come across in the videos Um, and just be yourself. I think that's great advice. And I think everything that we've talked to you about today and everything that, you know, we've seen in your channel that's great advice for anybody to take and, you know, just go for it. Talk about it. Go out and buy that camera that same night and you, know, you won't regret it. No, definitely not. Just jump right in and you never know where it'll take you. Well, awesome. We thank you guys so much for that. And that is so useful and insightful for our listeners. So last thing, if you can remind our listeners where can where they can connect with you guys online. Yeah. So our, our YouTube channel is uh, Matt and Alex, um, just one word. And then our Instagram handle is Matt and Alex blogs. Um, follow us on Instagram. You send us a message on there. We, we love connecting with the Disney community and talking to you guys and, you know, answering your questions. So definitely, you know, follow us there. And, you know, lastly, we want to thank you guys for having us on. This was so much fun and really cool because we listened to your show. So to actually come on as a guest was it was a lot of fun. So thank, yeah. thanks so much for inviting thank us. Thank you so much. Well, we thank you guys for joining us. It has been such a fun time chatting with you guys. To our listeners, of course, we'll put the links to Matt and Alex's channel and their Instagram down in the show notes below. So you can easily go over there and connect with them. Highly recommend it. So once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you thank guys you. so much. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.